what is this now? We're trying to do a podcast, Daniel. You guys should watch that sometime. Sorry, you don't have to watch it now. I maybe do have to now because it's here. And this week we're going to be talking about Daniel Craig versus James <laughs> Bond. <laughs> no, 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 I just remember I was going to share it. It's pretty funny. All right, all right. I know, and that movie would would have been out like any time here, but got delayed like everything else. Yeah. Every movie is like delayed until it's fall, though, basically. Like all the big. This is going to be nonstop good movies. Big pile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, probably. And I will be at all of them. <laughs> yeah. We went to Dairy Queen and they had a Wonder Woman blizzard you can get. Ooh. I just thought it was funny because it's like they probably scheduled it to be sold now to promote the movie, but the movie's not. <laughs> coming out anytime soon now oh yeah right i saw her on a bag of chips (laughs) she's everywhere yeah wow everywhere except the theaters the theaters yeah i know Welcome back, everyone, to Star Wars Total Rewatch. We're coming to you live from the moons of Bogdan. <laughs> All right. I'm Cody. I'm Aaron. I'm Daniel. And I'm Isaac. Hi. Hey. We are going through all of the Star Wars movies and um, the order in which they premiered. And the TV shows and everything. Pretty much everything. Um, anything that we could find anyways. A lot of things are very difficult, and yet we still somehow managed to find the, you know, all two seasons of the 80s Ewoks cartoons and uh, the glorious Ewoks live-action movies, too. You can go back and listen to those if you want. <laughs> it's easier to do this type of a show now that so much is available online. Um, otherwise, we'd be making a lot of eBay purchases to, to do this program. <laughs> Where uh, today we have just finished watching episode two. Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. They came from the moons of Bogdan. Well, Camino, I guess, but... They came from Camino. We're going to be your hosts for the next, I don't know, hour, two hours, however long we are Three hours. About this. Oh, goodness. Strap in. <laughs> After all this time, we were beginning to think you would. <laughs> so, yeah, pull up a chair, light up a death stick, mm-hmm. if you're into that sort Go of thing. Go home and rethink your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... Uh... I don't want to sell you dead snakes. Everybody's favorite meme, episode two. (laughs) What's the favorite meme? Everything in the movie. The whole movie. Just everything? Pretty much everything in the prequels. Okay, okay. Everything. Every scene has at least one meme. Yeah, every scene has a meme. Can I uh, tell you some movies that came out in 2002? Yeah, sure. I know it's maybe more interesting to do this for the old ones. The more recent ones, it's like everything else that came out that year feels sort of recent. But... Uh, how about just the, I, I made a list of the top 10 highest grossing movies, which I copied from Wikipedia. Was this number one? Yeah. Uh, no, they said this was the first Star Wars movie not to be number one. Mm, interesting. But it was still the top 10. Oh yeah, number four. Wow. How embarrassing. <laughs> what beat it out? Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Of course. And Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Yep, that makes sense. Another episode two. And the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Wow, all those came out that year? Yep, and after that, the other top ten are Men in Black 2, <laughs> Die Another Day, Signs, oh. Ice Age, wow. My Big Fat Greek Wedding, and Minority Report. Holy cow. And just a few others that were not in the top ten, but notable. The Count of Monte Cristo, nice. The Born Identity, Lilo and Stitch, 
two weeks notice, catch me if you can, and Kung Pao enter the fist. <laughs> How was that not number one? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> People should go watch that. That's where the classic That's a Lot of Nuts comes from. Classic. And that is the guy that made Thumb Wars. So there oh, you go. wow. Oh, they do tie together. The Star Wars connection. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Thumb Wars, well, <laughs> you should get busy. I mean, I don't know if I'd say it's the most important thing to go watch. But... Uh, yeah, but it's up there. <laughs> you could do an entire podcast of Star Wars parodies. Yeah, you could. You might have to. Yeah, we'll see. Another fun fact. I don't know if you guys knew this. The original draft of the script that George Lucas wrote, he called it Star Wars Episode Two. Jar Jar's Great Adventure. <laughs> no. As a joke, but it actually says that on the title page of the script. He did it because he <laughs> kind of as a jab at the people that made fun of him for doing Jar Jar in the first one. That's great. Right. Yes. So Attack of the Clones, which is an interesting name, I guess, because I mean, I guess the clones attack sort of at the very end of the film. It sounds like an old 50s sci-fi monster movie. <laughs> it is a very interesting name. I didn't really think about that. But a lot of the other titles are kind of silly, too. The Empire Strikes Back. It makes sense, but it's kind of, it's a little funny. Yeah, it makes sense. They're all they're all kind of that goofy sound to them. Yeah. So did you guys actually manage to see this in theaters? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw it in theaters. But yeah, yeah, I definitely did. Um, yeah, I, I was, did too, actually. I would have been probably in junior high. I thought it was awesome when I saw it. I remember thinking it was great, but I mean... It's Star Wars, and so I was obviously going to enjoy it. I just remember, like, you know, you see Yoda in the original three, and you see him quick in the Phantom Menace, and then it's like, oh, you finally get to see him fight. Yeah, I, I remember some of those moments with Yoda doing the lightsaber fight felt like a big deal at the time. Right. Like, now I guess we're used to it from these movies, but up to that point, you'd only seen him as a slow-moving old man with a cane. Mm-hmm. I remember that we thought it was pretty funny that he, like, suddenly is flipping around and doing all these fights. And then as soon as he's done fighting, he picks up his cane and starts walking slowly yeah. away. And, like, nobody actually saw him do all that. <laughs> and other things, you see the, the, the clone troopers are the stormtroopers, basically. And that's, like, oh, that's a yeah. big Yeah, the ships kind of look moment. like uh, the, the acclimators. Empires and- yeah. And so I remember some of those things, like, being really interesting when you're seeing it for the first time now you just kind of are like well yeah that's obviously how it happened but that's only because we're very familiar with the story now yeah and i i enjoyed the uh whole like bounty hunter kind of underworld stuff too i thought was really yeah i mean i liked it at the time but and then i also really like that now too jingo fett might be the best thing about this movie (laughs) yeah i really liked all of his stuff and then like him and obi-wan fighting oh yeah Yeah. really cool my favorite subplot of this film was just obi-wan uncovering all this stuff yeah Uh, just like his you know him tracking these leads and playing detective essentially and just tracking this all down and then uncovering this massive army that supposedly built for the republic and he's just like what yeah that raised his eyebrows a little bit (laughs) (laughs) that's why i'm here that whole mystery subplot is kind of a cool thing i feel like that's not what i expect going into a star wars movie Mm -hmm. so that's maybe one of my favorite things about about it now watching it it's just different and it's really creative and explores a lot of really cool different things, kind of like we talked about in Phantom Menace too. But mm-hmm. yeah, and then we just try to ignore the romance, you know, Anakin Padme plot as much as possible. And that was uh, more uncomfortable to watch, as I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was focusing on the dialogue more this time. I'm trying to like you know nail down 
the history and kind of all the everything mm-hmm. going on outside of the film and like yeah man it's it's really bad <laughs> <laughs> part of me kind of goes you know i try to like give him a break a little because i'm like well okay anakin's like yeah you know he's been off being a padawan he doesn't know how to talk to anyone really mm-hmm. so he's gonna be a little awkward and so maybe it's supposed to be a little uncomfortable but it is just the most awkward thing to watch yeah. Socially awkward. <laughs> yeah it's just painfully and like they're both awkward just because it's just horribly written let's be honest a lot of the dialogue <laughs> in this feels really unnatural Does oh it? yeah mainly just anything between anakin and padme love wise i thought this whole opening scene when obi-wan and anakin are tasked with protecting padme and they're like talking to her meeting her again well yeah well, as soon as anakin starts talking to her it's weird but like just not everything they say they just talk so weird yeah <laughs> it's like star wars language it's kind of like a weird fantasy way of speaking which high I don't fantasy know. kind of thing yeah it's like weirdly like diplomatic or something and they always call her my lady and it's like just just talk to each other like like in the original trilogy they never talk like this it's so casual all the time well because like they have princess Leia in it but nobody really talks to her like that other than han and he's joking he's like scoffing her the whole time <laughs> yeah. yeah which feels like something a real person would do mm-hmm. i wonder if he was like trying to go for a more um, civilized time yeah exactly civilized age <laughs> i didn't really think about that they are really formal it's yeah <laughs> it's just weirdly formal which i think they were probably doing on purpose it's not but, a problem all the time but they yeah. do it all the time even when it's just anakin and padme having like supposedly a private normal conversation they just kind of keep it up and and <laughs> what i was noticing one of the things about it is there are a lot fewer contractions in right. your w- sentences than in real life. I thought there weren't any, but then there then there were. They keep saying, like, I cannot do that, and I, I do not know. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why they did that, other than to make it sound more dramatic, I guess. It's like medieval speech or something. I, mean, I, I think that's what he's going for, but I don't think it worked. I don't know. And that's what I remember, I think, the most when I think about this movie, mm-hmm. is that stuff, mm-hmm. the awkward stuff between Anakin and Padme. But watching it, there's a lot of really good stuff in this yeah other than their interactions the rest of it's like to me totally fine it's like incredible how uncomfortable just their conversations yeah that theirs was the worst for sure yeah i think that the way they speak makes their relationship very unbelievable yeah (laughs) like nobody talks like this right the way they interact is so bizarre yeah Mm, i made a note of a or mental note at least of a couple things when he's cutting that pear he says (laughs) If Obi-Wan saw me doing this, he'd be very grumpy. <laughs> and I just thought that's an odd choice of words. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into this stuff, but overall, I actually really like this movie. I mean, clearly we love Star Wars. Yeah, no, I, I still, you know, just look away, check your phone, check Twitter or whatever while you wait for the romance scenes to end. <laughs> I, yeah, I was doing the same thing. I, could, I almost couldn't even watch those scenes. <laughs> no, but I would say this one is easily the weakest of the prequel trilogies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I concur. There is still, there is a lot I enjoy about it, though. There is still good in him. I enjoy watching it, except for the romance scenes. I think I enjoy everything else in this movie, even if it's not. No, I mean, I I think that's the main thing that really brings it down. Otherwise, I think the rest of it I really like. Oh, yeah. People on the internet seem to kind of hate a lot of these movies, but I feel like I don't really get why you would hate any of Star Wars movies if you're a Star Wars fan. I don't know. It's definitely the internet way to either love something to death or hate something to death. You know? Yeah, like you've got to be between. in one of two groups. Yeah. 
I don't love everything about everything that we've been watching so far, <laughs> but they're still fun. I can get into it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Watch Anakin riding on ticks all day. <laughs> right? Those tick I love balls. it. Oh, man. That, that just doesn't get old. <laughs> yeah, so how does this start off? Well, what happens in this movie? Yeah, what's even happening? Last thing we saw was... Uh, Little Annie is going to be trained. Boss Nass was lifting up a big orb <laughs> into the sky. What happened there? Yeah, what happened to that orb? Did yeah. he put it down again? Or? No, it fell down. Did he, did he keep it or did he break it? I don't know. <laughs> this movie does not address that. I was disappointed. In fact, I don't even remember seeing Boss Nass in the movie. No. You guys want to know? Are you going to listen? Fine. Yes. Tell me, what, tell me the story. There is unrest in the Galactic Senate. Mm. Several thousand solar systems mm. have declared their intentions to leave the Republic. What? This separatist movement under the leadership of the mysterious Count Dooku has made it difficult for the limited number of Jedi Knights to maintain peace and order in the galaxy. Senator Amidala, the former Queen of Naboo, is returning to the Galactic Senate to vote on the critical issue of creating an army of the Republic to assist the overwhelmed Jedi. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. Whole lot of politics. <laughs> That's how it starts. Yeah, so what do they say? Jedi are the keepers of the peace, mm-hmm. not soldiers, Mace Windu says at one point. No, they're kind of like kind of like marshals, you know? U.S. marshals. And by the end of this movie, they are soldiers. I mean, there's also just, you know, not enough of them to fight. Yeah, does, like, the Republic not have any military force? But it appears so. I don't, I don't think so. I think it was mostly up to the separate planets to kind of have their own defense forces, essentially. Is it, like, early American colonies where each... Colony had its own militia, Probably. but there was no national thing. And like Naboo, they didn't even have one. They just had their royal guards and stuff. Yeah, yeah. all they had was security. But yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting just the, the position the Jedi are in. Mm-hmm. Like they're so centrally linked to the Republic. And then it's like you start to wonder if the Republic's even doing the right thing. And then the Jedi are kind of forced to go along with them. And then apparently <laughs> the Senate is being controlled by a Sith Lord. <laughs> Whoops. And nobody knows. Yeah, they, they kind of find that out. Yeah. They do find that out. Whether they believe it, they're not sure. But, yeah. but Senator Amidala nearly gets assassinated. But oh, whoa, ho, it was a decoy again. So I don't know why they didn't just blow the ship up in space. I think they wanted it to be like public. Because later Django says like they're going to do it quieter this time. Maybe something. it was a little bit of a threat too because everyone knew she was going to vote for the bill. So if they kill her... I would also like, well, I don't know if I want to vote for that either now. No, she was voting against it. Oh, okay. Because she wants peace. She doesn't want them to be fighting. Oh, right. That's why they manipulate Jar Jar to do it. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I was never really clear on why they were trying to assassinate her, I guess. They were trying to assassinate her because that's what Newt Gunray wanted. Oh, okay, okay. And in order for Newt Gunray to join up with the Separatists, which is because he controls the Trade Federation... Did they say that? I don't even remember them saying He's that. like, oh, I want her head on a stick. You know? Newt says that to... Uh... To Dooku near the end when they're in the council. Okay. I had not picked up on that. What's interesting with this movie is, like, it doesn't seem like it's that complicated, but I keep figuring out more angles to it every time I see it. Well, it's always, like, confusing. Like, who's working for who here? And, like, they say, you know... Who um, conscripted the uh, army to be made, the clone mm-hmm. army? And then who hired Django? And it's like, 
I don't know who they're even talking about. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, they don't really come out and say exactly Palpatine's plan. We're trying to figure out what his plan exactly was. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that it makes enough sense mm. that it feels to me like there is an answer here somewhere. They just don't spell it out for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was Dooku who hired Jango Fett. Right. Lord Tyrannus. Yeah, his uh, Sith name, I guess, is Darth Tyrannus. Uh, what's what's the Jedi who left and initially ordered the clones? Siphodius. Yeah. I'm a little unclear about that, too. I like read a little Wikipedia thing. and He basically was like really adamant about them getting an army. Yeah. kind of disagreed with the council and ended up kind of being, I don't know if he just left or they kind of banned him from the council. And he was like so adamant about it, he ended up going and like, trying to get this army going by himself. Oh. Then I think what happened was obviously the Republic wouldn't back it up. Somehow I thought it was like Lord Tyrannus or maybe Lord Sidious found out and then they, you know, funded it or something like that. Co-opted it. Mm -hmm. Well, apparently Siphodius had a lot of force visions. He was gifted, I guess, with the foresight of the future to come. So that's why he, he commissioned the army because he knew that there was going to be a war that was coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess another contention is that he foresaw like a solar flare that was going to like wipe out a planet. He wanted to warn the planet, but the Jedi Council was like, we don't know if that vision is actually going to come true, and it's not our place to interfere with these sort of things. But him and Dooku uh, disagreed and went behind the Jedi's back to warn them at some point. I don't know, you can read a whole, all about it on the wiki, but uh, interesting stuff. Yeah, that is that is interesting. I didn't know any of that. I think I always kind of thought maybe um, this was all happened after Sifo-Dyas had died, right? They said he died around the same time. Mm -hmm. And I thought maybe Dooku or someone had gone and just claimed to be him yeah. and claimed they were making this on behalf of the Jedi. But that's no, that's interesting to hear that. According to the Wikipedia, anyways, it was um, Sifo-Dyas who initially placed the order and then um, Dooku and Sidious who um, funded it and then worked on getting the yeah. inhibitor chips placed in. Okay, so I kind of remembered correctly. Inhibitor chips. Well, there you go. But see, I like this because this movie, um, I can keep learning stuff. I can keep figuring it out more. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's uh, some really simple plot or anything. It's There's a lot going on, actually. Yeah, they kind of just hint at it as we go. I would be interested to see more of uh, Dooku. I was looking it up. There's like an audio book. Yeah, I, was, I really want to listen to it because I've heard amazing things about it. Asajj Ventress is like digging into what Dooku is up to. We haven't seen her yet, but she will be in the Clone Wars as well. Dooku is very cool. He, he was a very prominent. He was a Jedi master. He is. Well, yeah, he was really, he was very good. He trained Qui-Gon. He trained under Yoda. Yeah. Like, right. How did it go so wrong? <laughs> it's like Soramon or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This was Christopher right. Lee's year. That's true. Two times. That, that came out the same time, same year. Yeah. I liked his conversation with Obi-Wan talking about how Qui-Gon would have been on his side. Yeah. And like he agreed like with me on all this stuff. one of my favorite stuff. conversations. Right. Uh, we were kind of talking about Qui-Gon's sort of independent uh, attitude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do think too, though. I mean, you know, Dooku was, he basically told him the truth, kind of knowing Obi-Wan wouldn't believe him probably, but like he was trying to. I don't know. I think he's just trying to get anyone to join them too. Like, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of what I think. I think that's kind of why he brought up Qui-Gon. I don't, I don't know if he actually thought Qui-Gon would join him or not. I but. think he believes Qui-Gon like would have agreed with him on some things, but agreed with the whole separatist thing. But like, yeah, I was wondering if maybe he was using this to see if he could take down Darth Sidious. Yeah. He got like Obi-Wan on his side. Maybe he would betray him. Mm hmm. Yeah, maybe recruit Obi Wan and yeah, like it is kind of believable. But then you find out no, actually, like he calls uh, 
Palpatine his master and stuff. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And he also tells him the war has begun or right. something. Right? Cold Wars have begun. That's where you kind of find out. I was kind of thinking about this too. It's, you know, Star Wars, they have an interesting way of telling the story because on the one hand you kind of know everything that's going on it'll go between the bad guys and the good guys and you kind of see both sides but on the other hand in this case palpatine's this big secret like we the audience see him but you never really know what palpatine's thinking mm. in episode one you actually see palpatine like talking to darth maul you know where in this one you don't see him ever as palpatine until the end you still seem it in the end talking to Dooku. Yeah, at the very, very end. Very, very end. Right. But I think you're right, though, that even though you see him talking and, I guess, discussing his plans, with Sidious, you can't ever tell if he's telling the truth or not, even to, like, his own followers, you know? Right. Sure. It's not spelled out. When Darth Vader is talking to his generals, he's very straightforward about, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take down the rebellion. But with Sidious, you can watch his whole conversation and and you still don't quite know what is he really trying to get at here? What is he really trying to do? Indeed. I was going to point out some characters that we actually see. We were talking about them, but we didn't see them, like Kit Fisto. Yeah, Kit Fisto gives us a nice big smile later in the movie. <laughs> yeah, when he, pu- when he pushes uh, C-3PO's head and uh, the droid body over. Yep. Who are these other ones? Because like, there's a uh, Ayla Sakura. No, no, she's the Twilight, but we do see her, which I thought was pretty great. You do? Yeah, she's so just like walking down the steps at some point. There she is. Hey. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you see her die in episode right. three, right. but I didn't remember seeing her in this one. There are a lot of characters that you get to know better from the Clone Wars, who I kind of realized later are in episode three getting killed <laughs> just during that montage. Right? Just like, oh, you just know they all yeah. die. There is a Jedi who is uh, Ahsoka's race. You see her in the battle. Is that Shock T? Yeah, Shock T. She dies in a deleted scene in episode three, and then apparently dies again in Clone Wars. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, deleted scenes don't count. Except when they do. Right. I found these names, by the way. This is Barris Ophi, and this is Luminara Unduli. Ah, yeah, Luminara. Luminara and Barris. And their names I recognize. Like I don't even recognize them. Where do you recognize them from? I don't know. I just know these things. <laughs> from Lego Star Wars. Probably. Uh. It's just in my head. <laughs> I like that we actually see Bail Organa a lot in this movie, like relatively speaking. You got a mention in episode one, but... And you see him even more in the next third one. Yeah, in the third one, you see him quite a bit. Um, I especially liked at the very end, they're overlooking the uh, clone army. Oh, yeah, he's there Coruscant. too. And he's there and he does not look happy at all. Oh. Like I was actually noticed him specifically. I don't think I really had before. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he's got this attitude of uh, this army is not a good thing. He pounds a fist on the railing. Oh, yeah. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> I know. It's awesome. It's so subtle. Oh, but... like, I think the focus of that shot is on Palpatine. But, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Alderaan is a peaceful planet. <laughs> yep. I-, I was going to talk about Binks. Yes, they so. cut him down quite a bit. In this movie, <laughs> Opie, yeah, Opie. He's got he's got a handful of lines. One of the awesome things that was in that early script I read, someone must have talked George Lucas out of this, but 
they were gonna have uh, Jar Jar using some kind of more formal speech when he was in the Senate, <laughs> which was played as kind of a joke, I think, where he suddenly would go into like, and now I want to present to you my latest idea about, <laughs> you know, like some very, Gosh. very, you know, and then he's done. He's like, how do you like him? He's a new way of talking. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. And uh, sadly, that didn't make it into the movie. That would have been great. <laughs> I, I like that he has such a weird way of talking and that nobody thinks it's weird, you know, because mm-hmm. there's just so many wacky aliens. Yeah. yeah. You know, everyone rips on how he talks. I mean, how about Yoda? Like, he talks backwards. <laughs> yeah. How wise is this guy anyway? Like, who talks like that? Well, yeah. Well, it's like basic is not his first language, you know. Mm-hmm. I was noticing it, especially actually with the Kimonians, just like how obi-wan is like clearly very confused right right but they don't respond to it like that they just like reiterate mm-hmm. you know the clone army <laughs> right right yep. yeah if it's not your first language and especially when you are a different species yeah it's like a different culture you're not reading the what seems to us obvious verbal and facial the mannerisms. Yeah, yeah exactly but yeah i mean jar jar is still annoying though Let's make that clear. <laughs> he's annoying, but he's, it's so minor. It's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You, you can just, you can push it aside and it's like, not like, this is just so uncomfortable. Well, right. It's like, <laughs> you want to talk about annoying. <laughs> they, right. Yeah. Jar Jar is like, kind of goes off to the side and then we get to watch uh, this, this lovely uh, Anakin Padme scene instead. I think I would have preferred <laughs> seeing more of Jar Jar. Yeah. Yeah. Jar Jar doesn't make me cringe nearly as bad. Like, look at Obi-Wan. Like, he kind of looks awkward, too. Mm. I really think it's supposed to be a little awkward and uncomfortable, but it's like, uh, let me just throw up in my mouth really quick. <laughs> so let's talk about what is this all about? You're talking about the scene where they're going up in the elevator together. Well, it's just right from the get-go. Like, Obi-Wan clearly knows I know. that he likes her, a, like, an unhealthy amount. Yeah, yeah. Well, and can... sure. Tells him pretty much that I can't that. stop thinking about her and all of this stuff. I know. It's like, you need to do something about this, Obi-Wan. There's no way this is going to end well. Yeah. Don't leave him alone with her. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh my like goodness. just setting them up throughout the whole thing. <laughs> Send them off alone together for a few weeks. What could go wrong? His defense, Obi-Wan's idea, he talked against that. But not because he's falling in love with her. He just... I mean, like, part of it, part of what I was thinking, and a way to, a way to explain this, <laughs> I think... Clearly, Obi-Wan knows this, but they but they go, you know, face-to-face with Padme anyway. I think he kind of wants to see what Anakin will do, right? you know? Mm. In this situation, it's like, it's a, it's a test. Everything's a test. See if he just makes a big fool of himself. <laughs> <He does. laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a test of your social skills. <laughs> can you behave like a real human being and not be super awkward? I think we can all agree he failed at this <laughs> test. And not talk back to me constantly. Yeah, right. Man, Anakin. And like those are awkward too when he talks back both to Padme and to Obi-Wan. So unruly. But like he's young and feeling his oats. <laughs> he's kind of getting confident, but he's not like... I feel like he looks older than the way he's acting though. He's like 19, but he's kind of acting more like he's you know, 15 or something. And again, maybe that's partly on purpose. Like he is supposed to be kind of, he hasn't grown up with other normal people. Right. (laughs) He has only like known the Jedi thing. We talked about the Jedi being monks or something. It is kind of like he's coming into a different part of society and he hasn't had to deal with like relationship issues until now. (laughs) 
No, I think I think for sure there should have been a degree of awkwardness. I think that's what they're going for, but more than intended, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, though, the Jedi seem like they do a lot of not addressing issues mm, right. until it's too late. That's definitely the Jedi um, way. Which I think again is partly on purpose, showing that the Jedi are kind of making mistakes and kind of bringing some of this on themselves. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's like the the height of their power. They think they're like kind of invincible. And They've gotten complacent. Right. We kind of talked about that in the first one, but for sure. Yeah. But part of that is just even um, knowing how to handle this kid who's grown up and Obi-Wan doesn't seem to like really know how to deal with some of this stuff. Yeah. So here's what I think too, though. I, I read some different books and like, I feel like most of the Jedi have had little like love. They fell in love a little bit. Like, like every, <laughs> yeah. It's a little fling. Yeah. You know I mean, like, I don't know. Like, it's only natural. Like, I remember Obi-Wan had like a love interest in one of the Jedi apprentice books actually he does a little bit in the clone wars too <laughs> yeah oh, yeah yeah he does touches the teen i guess what i was saying was I mean, he doesn't want to like just bash anakin for everything he does no but anakin's trying to figure out how to deal with his feelings and later when he's like angry at the sand people uh i mean killing them is a bad thing but like <laughs> but just like his anger he's like oh, i'm a jedi i shouldn't be feeling this way i should be better than this like he doesn't have an outlet for this stuff because he thinks i'm just not supposed to do this right versus like how do i healthily deal with <laughs> this stuff you know well and it's kind of like unhealthy because they're not they're supposed to have like no feelings and it's like what <laughs> Yeah, that's one thing. Like, this is something that just showed up here in episode two randomly, where they're just mm -hmm. like, oh, by the way, Jedi can't have love or whatever, or anything like that. It was not mentioned at all in any of the other movies until now. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe it's just, again, going for the whole monk vibe sort of thing. Not the TV show monk. But, uh, <laughs> that would be something. That's a good vibe. Yeah, that's a, a good very vibe. specific vibe. Um, but Anakin's talking about his mom and just keeps saying, oh, I just keep dreaming about her. And Obi-Wan says... Well, dreams pass in time. Like, that's all I've got to say about your your own mother. You know, is that, that's another big part of his life that they seem to just be telling him, like, nope, just forget about it. Your, your old life is behind you. That's the idea of recruiting them so early. They take away from their parents so they don't really have any attachment to yeah. them. It just feels like they're setting him up to have more issues. Yeah. There. A lot of times they would have their Jedi Academies, like, on really remote planets mm. so they can be super isolated or this one's like on Coruscant, like in the middle of everything that's happening and politics, especially I feel like, like it's kind of just been this slow degradation of like their, their, uh, more, uh, idealistic beliefs and stuff, you know, it was inevitable. Mm -hmm. So bounty hunters, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bounty hunters are cool, but it's like Django Fett's supposed to be this cool, awesome bounty hunter, but he just kind of like subcontracts it out to an, another bounty hunter. He knows how to delegate. Well, he doesn't want to get mm. tracked. He doesn't want it traced back to him. Sure, I guess. But... And then she delegates it out to some bugs. Yeah, she <laughs> delegates it to a droid who delegates it to some bugs. Like that That's was a long chain of command. Like. If we're talking about like dumb decisions, why did you use bugs? You could you already had this droid thing pop up there. You just lob a grenade in there. Thunk, yeah. Done. You know? <laughs> I don't know. The bugs are gross. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was eating yeah. dinner when I was watching that and I was like, hmm. <laughs> Perfect oh, time. Big millipedes. They're smart too. They hide from R2's scan. Mm-hmm. Are these lights supposed to be like sensors? Yeah, I think they're supposed to be sensors sweeping the room, I There's guess. There's actually like these light things like streaming out all over the floor. 
and they're they're avoiding them. They're doing like Mission Impossible, yeah, wow. going around the lasers. Millipede Impossible. If Tom Cruise was a millipede, yeah, <laughs> there would be actually way more cardio, right? He could really run. Did you see Tom Cruise is now trying to do a movie in outer space, partnering with NASA and SpaceX? <laughs> like actually in outer yeah, space? Yeah, like actually wow. in outer space. More extreme. <laughs> Just got to keep going. Gosh. A thought that crossed my mind while Anakin's swinging his lightsaber, he swings twice. Like clearly she would have woke up after the first one and he would have chopped her head off. <laughs> that would have been too bad. She's a very heavy sleeper. <laughs> uh, force reflexes. It was quick. It was quick. I just want to point that out. I was pretty delayed, Padme. Okay. The chase scene, though, is one of the best parts of the of any of these movies, I think. Yeah. You see Obi-Wan just leap through what I'm assuming is security <laughs> glass. It's, it's the Force, Cody. <laughs> the Force, of course. I loved it. This whole chase scene is great. Um, I thought it got a little, like, long. Some of it's a little bit cheesy and stuff. Oh, man. I think it's I think it's my favorite thing. I think it's great. But just seeing Coruscant is always awesome. Seeing Coruscant is really cool. It has a very Blade Runner vibe. It's such to a it. great visual style. What didn't you guys like about it? It's just very a lot of unrealistic stuff. I mean Well, yeah. Of... <laughs> yeah, 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 no, I know. But I'm saying you can try to like, oh, him falling off the speeder that's going like Mach five and he just like rolls yeah. twice on the concrete and runs into some bell boxes and he's fine. <laughs> I mean you could try to argue it away with force yadi da, but uh... I just decided not to care about those things. <laughs> and just enjoy the ride. I mean, like, they have the Force. Like, I don't know. They, they can do anything. Exactly. You can just use the Force to get away with all of the stuff. It just seems kind of lame. <laughs> well, Anakin kind of catches him with the speeder. Yeah, that part. This is that the worst part, part when Anakin jumps off. <laughs> this would kill you. This would rip your arms off. <laughs> yeah. And, and when, he when he falls off the speeder as it's crashing, like, we see him just kind of go like, eh, eh, like two rolls into, like, metal boxes. And her speeder just gets smashed, like obliterated. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're the right. physics I maybe don't now. check out in here. But There's I... a few moments where I'm like, eh, okay, whatever. But for the most part, it's fun. Yeah, whatever. It's it's fine. There is electric guitar in the soundtrack a couple of times. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Zam Wessel's ship sound is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I always uh, think the scene where Anakin is like, flying the speeder straight down and just like laughing the whole time that to me feels like that's what i expect young anakin skywalker like young darth vader to be like yeah very reckless just really reckless and just thinking he's just unstoppable right right he's kind of not scared of it also yeah he's also very arrogant which which is a common flaw in uh, a young jedi as yoda says but his his attitude during this whole scene works for me better than maybe he does in, in other parts of the movie. Well, yeah, it's good. Um, and one final random observation about the chase scene is that Anakin always chooses yellow vehicles. Have you guys sure. noticed that? Huh. Sure. Pod racer. Mm -hmm. His uh, ship in episode three, I think, is yellow. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Mm -hmm. And his speeder here. I just had to find one that he liked. And they have to go to the cantina, and like, there's like that tense like cat and mouse game of... Who's chasing who? You don't know. You know she's coming up with the gun, and it's just like, <gasps> yeah, oh, that's fun. <laughs> it is fun. I like this whole scene. Or my favorite part is just watching all the sports playing in the background. There's like <laughs> there's pod racing, of course. Um, but then there's like yeah. some droid football. Yeah, droid football, American football, <laughs> some sort of alien races on laps. Horse racing, alien horse racing. What's the race in uh, the droids cartoon? 
The Rune Games. Oh, well, that was just the Rune Games, wasn't it? Maybe that's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're watching the Rune Games on uh, TV. Hey. Yeah. Of Did you know uh, Anthony Daniels, C-3PO, and Ahmed Best, who plays Jar Jar Binks, are both in that casino? I was wondering. You get a couple shots of them turning to see what's happening. Yeah, it was that was Anthony Daniels, I think, uh, there. Yep. Yeah. And there? And that, I think that's Jar Jar. Yeah, Ahmed Best. Oh, really? Yeah. I was thinking, like, this is the cantina-style scene, but, like, mm-hmm. this is what life is like for most people <laughs> in the galaxy. What we focus on is always Jedi, and, like, people must think they are so out of touch. <laughs> They're just very secluded and in, in their own little world, for sure. People don't really like the Jedi, is my sense. And when he says at the end, official Jedi business, nothing to see here. Right, right. It's like... Okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people don't even understand them, which often causes a disliking. I think you're right. People don't understand them. Like little Annie in episode one, you know, had all these ideas about what Jedis can do and can't do. And people just hear stories about them. Yeah, I mean, that's all people really know. Yeah. I get the sense from Zam, bounty hunter here, and then like Django later too. They're just like, what are you going to do to us? I don't know. Really confrontational Mm -hmm. with the Jedi. Like they just don't, they Mm -hmm. just don't care. Maxi big the fours yeah for sure yeah i i would say most people probably just don't like them certainly don't care about them and don't know about them much you know yeah i mean such a big galaxy and how many jedi are there maybe a thousand oh a couple thousand maybe um according to sources that i can see it looks like there's about ten thousand jedi what whoa oh my i mean the uh jedi temple is gigantic it, it, it is huge i guess you yeah. just don't see you don't see like that many of them apparently. And just... and who? What kind of younglings get a special training session with Yoda? Oh yeah, what kind right? of privileged younglings get you that? You have to be really good apparently to do that. <laughs> There's like a group of like ten of them in there. You gotta have at least ten thousand metachlorians. <laughs> They're like checking your SAT score. <laughs> uh, I was I was gonna say, wasn't there a game that was canceled and and a TV show that we're gonna be exploring Coruscant? Yeah. None of 13, that. 13. Mm-hmm. Though there was a game called uh, Star Wars Bounty Hunter that I never played, but it looked cool. And you play as Jango Fett. Oh, I don't think it's a great game. Would be pretty cool to try, I think. Write in and tell us if you've played this. Yeah, or if you've been to Coruscant, <laughs> what's, what's it like? Any opportunity to see more of the uh, underworld of Star Wars is welcome. Get some Anakin talking to Palpatine. Apparently, he's some kind of mentor figure. Yeah. Palpatine's always uh, planting seeds of doubt yeah. and just twisting words and trying to manipulate him already. Oh, I yeah. think he's trying to set up Anakin and Padme too because he knows he can use that to his advantage somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess at what point does he decide, you know? Does he really have intentions of getting Anakin to become his apprentice this early? Or is he just kind of know he's talented and doesn't want him becoming a Jedi? You know what I mean? I just think he's putting strings on everything so he can yeah. pull whichever one he needs to. Um, and then, of course, the Jedi Council has the greatest um, idea of sending young Annie, who's completely infatuated with Padme, alone with her on a <laughs> getaway adventure. A on a honeymoon. A what? I mean, I mean, a mission. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. What I want to know is, who's the snake Jedi? This guy? Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, Gross. he's all coiled up. On he was the in the seat. first one. Was he? Yeah. You see his weird hair. Mm, okay. 
Opo Rancis. That sounds right. Now we have new council members. I mean, a few years have passed, so... Some quick turnover in the council. Currently, he actually survives Order 66. Oh, the snake guy, Opo Rancis. Oh, yeah? <laughs> okay. And get Yoda floating on his little little hover car. Yeah, like, that guy is the laziest Jedi I've ever seen. Hey, he's 900. Well, maybe 850 at this point. Don't look a day over 800. If he if he can jump around like he does when he fights Count Dooku, uh, you know, he doesn't need it. We could fly around on that in Lego Star Wars. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that was like Yoda's uh, go-kart in Bombad Racing. What? Oh, no. <laughs> is Bombad Racing and why have I not heard about this? Uh, PlayStation, yeah. Is it uh, a ripoff of... Mario Kart, I think so. I have not played oh it. Goodness. It looks like a this sort of so Mario bad. Kart game. Looks like Pop. The Funko Pops kind of looks like the Funko Pops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're big heads. Hey, yeah, here we go. There he is on his little car. First, they have Jar Jar front and center. <laughs> well, it's called Bombad. Jar Jar Binks presents. <laughs> and Obi Wan starts his um, investigation. Yeah, which is fun. I like the whole mystery. I like seeing Obi-Wan as a detective. That's cool. Yes. Oh, it was very good. Yeah. We get to see him go to, a, like again, another kind of like just local place, little diner. Yeah. He knows people that know people. This Dex, who know we don't get to know his whole backstory, but he clearly has been around the galaxy. I enjoyed the interaction, though, because he calls him buddy. Hey, you know, and hugs him. Makes you go, oh, I wonder how they met. And they clearly are friends. They must have done some stuff together. They just make his character feel like there's a lot going on here yeah bring your pocketbook <laughs> yeah that like creepy <laughs> smile <laughs> prospecting on sub tyrell <laughs> yeah. they make interesting you know characters that aren't necessarily in a lot of the movie we know? only see him in one scene but for a couple of minutes but you remember him that's what i mean it's like they're not just throwing in these things to like just to throw in weird creatures they actually like create these kind of cool characters when it works that's what they're doing Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, it throws it into like a weird 50s diner for some reason. Well, that was also in a droids cartoon. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And I'm just going to comment, but we don't need to dissect any of the Padme uh, Anakin scenes. If, if you guys don't want to, uh, I don't care. But we touched on it. I basically was just going to say, it's just funny to me. Like, in so many of these scenes, they're like so like dressed up. It's like they're going on a date. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, she's wearing some scandalous yeah. clothes. Yeah, she's not helping her case about trying to make any. Well, um, and Padme just dresses up for everything. Yeah, like, I, I get that. But then, like, to Daniel's point, yeah, she'd wear some very, like, <laughs> provocative clothes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then they're, like, sitting by a romantic fireplace, like, in the dim lighting. And then she's like, no, we, sh we shouldn't have a relationship. <laughs> We're here strictly professionally. Uh, again, it just reminds me that Robot Chicken was just so on point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not excusing Anakin's actions because he is a real creeper. Oh yeah, no, he is a complete <laughs> creeper. His lines, like they, they just the writing's horrible. It yeah. is really bad. Yeah. That's all it is. Like I could have totally <laughs> understood if, if they just met again and they're like, oh man, we used to be like good friends when we were kids. Wasn't mm -hmm. that great? And like actually, actually fall in love. Wouldn't that be? A <laughs> Wouldn't that be a novel idea? <laughs> it's just not believable, you know. George Lucas, like, 
openly said he was bad at writing love scenes. And then did it anyway. And like, <laughs> clearly, and nobody did anything to revise it. Right. Oh, well. Some of the stuff, like, they're going on these dates, but it, it almost, um, it kind of feels like written by someone who doesn't really know how dating works. <laughs> right. They're just like, well, yeah, you go on, like, picnics out in the field. and Ride the wild animals. Roll around in the flowers. Yeah, yeah right? That's what you so do. Ridiculous. It's like a bad Jane Austen movie. Well, Jane Austen is... That's why I said bad. I specified bad. It's like a parody of a Jane Austen. I mean, like, that. this was, was like, the, one of the few things... When he, that, yeah, yeah, he's pretending, like, playing dead, like, ha, just kidding. Yeah, well, just him, like, playing a joke, and then he, like, you know, rolls over, and he's laughing. You know, like, that was, like, the best interaction they had. There are moments that are passable, and maybe if they had, like, done the variation on the edit, it could have been a little better. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about, like, what do they want out of life? What are their ideas right. for, like, mm-hmm. the, the galaxy? How should things work? It's like, that sounds like a dictatorship. Like, I don't think you're kidding. Oh, yeah, his idea for government. <laughs> and he says, right. well, if it works. Yeah, she, she's definitely had a bunch of red flags here that she should have told somebody about. Especially the part when he comes back later and says, I killed everyone. <laughs> yeah, that, if there's ever a red flag in a relationship, it's... When somebody admits to killing multiple people. I mean, are they not people, right? Are they? Well. <laughs> they're like animals, and I slaughtered them like animals. <laughs> Maybe if, like, he fought them in self-defense to save his mom, but no, he's, like, killed the women and children, too. Then it's like, okay, and let me just step out and hit the speed dial here. They kind of treat the sand people like they're not mm-hmm. really fully human. Like in The Mandalorian, though, they he treats them like they're yeah, human. Yeah, it makes me nice feel like... See. Native Americans, kind of? Yeah, no, people that's definitely... back in the day kind of would tell themselves, like, that they weren't fully human, so it was okay to, like, kill them and push them off the land and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're just kind of an alien race. It's probably, right? I mean, and, yeah, yeah, where, like, the Mandalorian was, was like, I know them, I know how to talk to them. Like, he's got... He, they're pretty barbaric, though. That's, like, that's I think that's the defense, too. Like, I was reading about, why did the Sand People capture Shmi? Like, what was the purpose of that? No, yeah, nobody asked the sand people. He just went and killed them. No, but they said um, they they never, like, were able to get along with the moisture farmers because they were basically just in their territory. In um, the book of episode two, there's more on it. The Tuscans would, like, just tortured her just to kind of see what she could take. They were just like, I don't know, curious about like humans. And it was just like really nasty. Mm. I mean, it looked like she had been whipped. Yeah. Yeah. And they said um, they were potentially looking for converts into their group, which is weird. Mm -hmm. And they were, they were trying to see how resilient she would be if she was like a good one to convert. But it's also interesting because like because they were like torturing her and stuff that she was always just thinking about Anakin and that's probably why he was having these nightmares. Mm, yeah, I mean he was saying he has been. He's like I don't sleep much anymore. You know that make to me that makes it sound like that makes it sound like it's more than just you know a month. Maybe yeah, it could be premonitions of it. Yeah, sure, sure. Either way, the the whole thing is bad. She's treated pretty badly, and he comes and clearly is in the wrong, killing everybody. Yeah, I'm. I'm just trying to say it's not like the uh, Tuscans are free of of all fault. Here. Oh no, yeah, right, right. They're pretty messed no. up. They're far from it. A lot of them probably got what they had coming, but not the women and children. Come but, on, yeah, not, not the younglings. Oh no. 
but I was thinking like his mom being tortured and killed is, is like that's that's probably more of a sign of what caused him to turn than anything hmm. than than like his secret relationship with Padme and stuff like he clearly has some anger <laughs> issues right yeah oh just seeing how he re- reacts to this you're saying or? well i don't know or, or uh, uh reasons he has he has reasons to be angry i think oh yeah for and, sure and also I, I was kind of feeling like um i think he has reasons to doubt the jedi and like the way that they do things by this too you know in, in a lot of ways the jedi are like unwilling to act yeah to help people yeah, that's very true. These movies are a lot more um, morally gray. Yeah. Like, the originals were very black and white about who the good guys and bad guys are. These ones, like, everyone seems to be a little bit at fault, even the good guys. Yep. I think uh, in, like, the Clone Wars, you get to see Anakin a lot, obviously, and, like, kind of his compassion, you know, like, he's, he's so, like, attached to people. He doesn't like to lose mm-hmm. anyone, and, like, right. it's a good attribute in a lot of ways, but I think that's what kind of ends up causing him to turn as well. Mm-hmm. Well, he wants to control everything. Yeah, well, he wants it to be the way he wants it. That's why he wants the dictatorship, because he says we'd be able to just help everybody much more efficiently that way. Yeah. But it uh, doesn't go that way. He gets the dictatorship. Right. It just doesn't work the way he initially thought. This is not going to go the way you think. Yeah. <laughs> Luke. Luke. Star Wars. <laughs> Then we cut back to the good stuff. Investigation ongoing. Camino's a cool place. Camino, these clones. Yeah, I'm just how man, these these creatures are, are creeping. The Caminoans. Cool. Oh, the Caminoans? Everything they say is like just feels ominous and creepy. <laughs> even though even though it's not supposed to be. You could easily see how like they spend their time like creating the perfect species, kind of like they, they genetically alter these things to be perfect. You could see how they get like a little bit of a like God complex. Or maybe it is supposed to be like a little unsettling, but they, like they're not trying to be unsettling. That's just... Mm-hmm. They seem no moral issue with what they're doing. This is like science. That's good news. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's good news. Well, but yeah, the, the whole realization of, of Obi-Wan realizing slowly just the scope of everything that's happening. He does a good job of playing along, though. <laughs> they, they said they had uh, like 100,000 clones. Yep. And a million more on the way. Well on the way. Oh, man. That does not seem like anywhere near enough, though. For the, for the entire game. Uh, <laughs> well, and I feel like the amount of clones we see like at the end of the movie, like those ships are ridiculously huge and there's just hundreds of those ships <laughs> there's got to be just yeah. millions on millions yeah. on millions just right there well the, and like there's a subplot in the clone wars where they do they have to order more clones yeah yeah and people are trying to not get more clones ordered and yep yep political intrigue and is it uh immoral to uh use clones to fight for your the, that's another big thing that, <laughs> pop, that pops up a lot in the clone wars <laughs> yeah never really addressed in the movies at all they're essentially slaves oh yeah some people are like you know oh they're just clones yeah are they fully human it's pretty messed up but it was an army that they had when they needed it yep and they're like we don't know where this army came from but i guess it sure comes in handy so okay Forced to use it which was the whole point <laughs> they fight on the landing pad it's great oh that was a great yep. fight in the rain and boba fett is learning the ropes yep. boba fett boba fett yeah and the space battle is great too supersonic bombs seismic charges oh like the sound design and like the art design for all of that is top notch 
and how it just like slices through all these asteroids. Ugh. Really cool stuff in these movies. I could just watch this scene all day. All day. I don't think I could watch it all day. I was, but, uh... I was being facetious. So. <laughs> I, I could watch it all day. <laughs> just skip the rest right to this part. I have no interest in the rest of the movie. Yeah, I guess we already talked about Anakin finding his mom, but yeah, he meets uh, the Lars family for the first time. Yeah, that seems... I don't know. Seems like if you're going to hide Luke with somebody, it should not be anybody that has any connection whatsoever to Anakin, you know? I mean, yeah, but like also, you know, Vader has no idea he had kids. So like, why would he even care to go look for these lowly little farmers? Oh, maybe you he know? just gets the thought one day to go beat these guys up for making the little Annie joke. His mom is buried there. Maybe he doesn't want to come back. Yeah, I don't think he'd ever want to go back, to be honest. Yeah, maybe they're like, this is the one one place he's probably not interested in coming to. But he could send somebody else to do it, though. I mean, it's not... To do what, though? I, mean, I don't know. Look around. See what's happening. <laughs> just, just look around. Be inquisitive. So this is the only time um, the Larses meet Anakin. Yep. So I was thinking about in, uh, you know, the original Star Wars, Luke's uh, aunt and uncle here. Are saying like, oh, you got too much of your father in you. Like they, all they know is his dad is like this guy with kind of like anger issues, and he his... killed a bunch <laughs> of Tuscan Raiders one time. Yeah, I always used to think when he says like, oh, he has too much of his father in him, like that they knew his father was Darth Vader. But I kind of think right. I don't think anybody really knew that Anakin was Darth Vader. No, no, yeah, I don't... like I'm sure Obi Wan didn't tell them that. Right. He probably told them the same story he told Luke that that Anakin like got killed in a battle or something. Oh yeah. So they probably just father was a Jedi, and that was the end of it. Again, I'm also surprised Obi Wan would like tell them whatsoever about where this child came from. That it was Anakin, Anakin's son. <laughs> like, because all it takes is like one person <laughs> talking about, oh, you know, the Anakin kid uh, was over blasting yeah, yeah. womp rats again, and like somebody picks that up, and next thing you know, you got a Bunch of surge troopers coming down at you. Sure, I know Anakin. I'm thinking of the hobbits in Lord of the Rings. Baggins? I know Frodo Baggins. <laughs> He's my second cousin on my... <laughs> He's right over there. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's all it takes. Oh, and uh, just about there, the homestead. When they first show up, C-3PO is working on this droid. Its name is Treadwell. He's like... In the background of A New Hope, like a couple of random times, I think he yeah, was he's like, standing next to a moisture farm. He also blows up in the deleted scene. Does he? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. So here he's probably brand new. <laughs> yeah, he's still got his motivation. Still got his motivator. Yeah. <laughs> this one's got a bad motivator. Nah, I just don't feel like it. <laughs> yeah. Again, robot chicken. Just one quick comment about, so right before Obi-Wan walks in here, it cuts from Anakin flying his speeder in the desert to like back on Geonosis of Obi-Wan walking through an opening. And I just always found that very confusing because you can't tell the, that you're on a, really a different planet. It's hard to tell. And it's hard to tell who it mm. is. So so initially, I'm like, is this a shot of Anakin? You know, that's what I, I'm, I usually think. Yeah, they, Geonosis and Tatooine look pretty similar. Yeah. It looks like more of Tatooine at first. Yeah, you're right. I thought it was interesting there. Like, Yoda clearly senses Anakin's intense pain. You know, I don't know. It, it, again, it seems like he doesn't necessarily uh, find it as a warning. So maybe it's strictly pain. He doesn't really sense that he's just... Well, Mace Windu says something about how the Jedi's uh, 
ability to use the force is is like diminishing yeah yeah yeah. because they had no idea about the clone army yeah their ability to sense things happening around them i guess because the darkness is clouding their vision because they have a wi-fi signal blocker just down the road in palpatine's office (laughs) (laughs) Ah, of course could not connect to force yoda.com probably a real website the force network their 5g was down Yoda, 850. He changes it every year. His age. That's his password. Uh, Okay. Um, Yeah. What else do we get? Techno Union. Oh, right. Who's just a total... The Geonosans have their own special language. Mm -hmm. It's it's very unique and, and great sound design again. Yeah. Little click, clicking, clacking. I found a good video here. This guy tried to break down their language and did a kind of ridiculously good job. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how much of it like was thought out, but like he's he's recognizing phrases and stuff and piecing together translations, which is bizarre. Using the subtitles and stuff. Oh, okay, I gotcha. That's wild. That means somebody making the movie put a lot of more work into the dialogue of them than than I thought. I figured it was just random clicks. Right? Oh, my. (laughs) It could just be conjecture, but... Maybe. It's kind of funny to watch. Oh, uh, that is by a guy named E.C. Henry on YouTube. Everybody go Learn to speak Geonosin. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm going to do this summer. You're right. <laughs> oh, cocktail. Get that one on Duolingo. <laughs> you can learn Klingon on Duolingo. You can? Gosh. That's a good waste of time. <laughs> hey. It's, I mean, you're learning about languages. Language yeah, structure. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. He sends a message out to Anakin, who then plays it to the council about um, all the, the shenanigans that are going on. They find C-3PO and take him with them. I guess that's something. I don't know what kind of deal they worked out. He's just like, oh, I made this way back in the day, so I'm, he's mine. <laughs> he just take him. <laughs> he just came along, I think. There's no way they actually wanted to bring him along. <laughs> he wanted to help uh, Obi-Wan. Why? <laughs> C-3PO. You can't stop him. He just really wanted to go help Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah. And Anakin and Padme had no choice but to no, no, go along. Right. Exactly. I like that Padme is the one who kind of instigates them breaking the rules here. There was a part earlier where Obi-Wan said, like, oh, I hope Anakin doesn't do anything foolish here. And her security guard, Captain Typho. Yeah. He says, I'd be more worried about her doing something. Well, see, again, the dialogue and stuff doesn't show it, but they definitely are similar and get along and like fit each other really well. In some ways, they ma- they fit together. They fall yeah. in love pretty quick, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There are, there are some things. They just don't portray it all that well so that was nice and here's the infamous one button does all (laughs) i was trying to compare the shots it is actually two different shots of her pressing the same button (laughs) it's not the same shot repeated (laughs) does that make it better or worse (laughs) let's get a different shot of her pressing the same button for something different now that one just wasn't pushy enough do it again do it It depends what angle you push it at it does different things or how long you push it I'm I'm wondering if they they didn't intend to have her push the same button for that, but they probably just, yeah. just thought they needed some interaction with the the computer there, and they only had a couple different versions of that shot. Right, sure. They probably forgot, yeah, and they're like, "Well, <laughs> sure. let's just put it again." Who cares? 
I feel like the next big set piece would be the uh, droid factory. Anything you want to say about that? Classics. Yeah, that, that whole scene is pointless. Just skip right <laughs> <to it. laughs> I did skip it. <laughs> a lot of like, the action scenes are... It's, it's an know, exciting yeah. scene. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't really contribute to the plot much. Especially the uh, comical scenes with C-3PO. <laughs> Getting the head switched with the droid. A battle droid. Yeah, you know, I I guess so many of those things like that I don't really think about. It's part of the movie, so I don't like think about it, you know, because I've just seen them too many times. Mm. It's just not it's not nearly as cleverly written as like the original trilogy. Oh yeah, right, right. But yeah, you know, for sure. Like the original trilogies are they have funny things, but they're they're more subtle. Yeah, yeah, they are more subtle, and and specifically for three PO's character. It's just not the right kind of humor for him. No, it's just, I think they did yeah, a better just, job in um, Rise of Skywalker with 3PO. Yeah, I think they did a lot better in uh, The Great Heap with that whole scene where are going through the factory. <laughs> the droid factory. Yeah, Isaac, you didn't see that. One of the droids had a scene very similar to this. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they're in a big factory thing. Oh, can we say, um, you got to see R2 flying around in that scene. Mm, yeah. yeah. That was new. Jets. I remember that being another thing that I think everyone was a little surprised and amused by when we saw it uh, for the first time. Like, what? R2 can do this since when? Hey, they never saw the droids cartoon, <laughs> clearly. Yeah. R2 can do everything. Did he fly in that? No, but he can do anything. <laughs> he can do anything. And that is yeah, not surprising. <laughs> but then we get to the, our main event. <laughs> Three unique, vicious creatures. Kind of all cool. I like the creatures. Right? Oh, they are. Then... And I don't remember what the giant rhino thing is called, but the Ackley and the Nexu are classics. The Reek. Reek. Is that the thing the Mandalorian almost gets killed by? No. No? No? Similar, but no. Okay. It's not. When they're going into the arena on that cart, cool shot where they are kissing as the thing drives them, like, through that little triangular door. But, like, right before they start moving, whatever creature is driving the thing just does a little, like... Yeah, it's spurring its animal onward, and it's just a, like, why, why would you put that in the middle of this touching scene? Yeah, <laughs> it's symbolic too. They're kissing in the dark, then they get out in the light, and they're not. Oh, oh secret. Okay. <laughs> okay, I could so find symbolism. Wow. Sure. Yeah. Gosh, I also always think it's funny, like Padme is like, "Well, we're gonna die." Yeah. So she tells uh, Anakin she loves him. And then immediately tries to escape. <laughs> well, yeah, and like I mean, you're not gonna not try. No, exactly. It's like she's accepted that she could die here, but she's still gonna yeah give it her all. And she's the one who instantly, you know, she's working on it right away. Like, okay, what do I do here? Let me think this through. Okay, get this thing off. Yeah, yeah. Here's my next step. And and Anakin and Obi Wan are just standing there. Like I think to Daniel's point, it's just fun to the tone. She's like, yeah. Well, we're about to die anyway. It's like, <laughs> this is over. But like, clearly they, they don't feel that way at all. They're like, we're getting out of this. Hey, they're always going <laughs> to you know? fight. Go down fighting. It's just, it's just not like their personality to admit defeat, but like she just quickly admits defeat so she can say I love you. <laughs> oh, right. It was just an excuse to kiss. I, mean, I don't know. It's yeah, just a little bit. I think could a be. Little bit. She's a good fighter against these creatures, though. She does a, a great swing kick at that. <laughs> Cat monster, uh, Obi Wan style. Exactly. She seems to be on top of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all the puns. I know. Yeah, yeah. 
Gosh, the puns. He's got the cheesy lines, but I I enjoy those. Oh, but I mean, you can see where uh, you see where Princess Leia gets it. You know, her cheesy lines. <laughs> no, <laughs> her mean, uh, her adventurous spirit. Yes, yes, she's very much like Padme. <laughs> yeah, and Luke is much like Anakin. Yeah, he's a real whiner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like everything from like this whole scene onward in this movie. Is just oh, cool. yeah. I love it. It's great. And all the Jedi show up and Mace Windu is speaking in this very eloquent Jedi way. Says, this party's over. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. We get a cool duel between Jango Fett and Mace Windu. Just chops off his head and it's just like, ooh. It's not fair. I mean, Jango didn't have a bunch of his gadgets working and everything. He's got ran over by a reek. I mean, <laughs> this is maybe the biggest Jedi fight we ever yeah, see. The first time we've ever seen like all the Jedi throw down. So that that's well, a hand, that's fun. A handful. If there's really you know ten thousand, we only really only see a handful. I mean, there's probably like uh, at least a hundred at least in this stadium. I'd say. I always kind of just imagined like anyone who's anyone was there, but like clearly, I figured they probably just grabbed like their their warriors. I'm sure like not all Jedi's are like great warriors sure they have different roles you know, there's some that are like assigned to the archives that they... like that one right the librarian i think she might show up a little bit in the clone wars tv show well everything in this movie is kind of like the start of that whole era this is what they had to draw off of this is the first episode of the clone wars right here building off of i mean you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the jedi actually lose which is interesting you know you'd think that all oh, the jedi's got this but yeah no match for droid because <laughs> they are they're just outnumbered yeah you get little Boba Fett's motivation. Uh, the whole clones showing That's up. right. The clones show up. You get the whole desert fight. That's a good part, too. Yeah, that's like that was like my favorite part when I was a kid, and I just yeah. loved like... It's like Battlefront 1. Yeah. Oh, just the huge, massive battles. I like the sandstorm. <laughs> Everything out in the desert has so much CGI in it that it almost feels like we are watching an episode of the cartoon. Yeah. Like, there are whole scenes in this part that I don't think you see any live action people or anything yeah, and then you know somewhere there's um four republic commandos sneaking around oh yeah yeah taking out one of those things <laughs> that uh yoda has on target oh, i gotta play that again <laughs> the trandoshans oh right trandoshan slug thrower oh yeah <laughs> yeah the, the double barrel pump <laughs> <laughs> yeah Headshot. You're talking about the uh, dust or the sandstorm, right? There's really cool shots of this. The troopers firing. I, yeah, I I enjoyed that. What, after Yoda takes down one of them big, uh, it's a Lancer Lancer Hulk something. It creates a big sandstorm. But it's, you've got like the camera shaking, like in the midst of the fighting. It feels more like the newer J.J. Abrams Star Wars stuff. Yeah, and it just I was like, you know what? Star Wars is perfect for like all genres. Why haven't we gotten like a military uh, Saving Private Ryan style Star Wars movie? Why haven't they had wars in these Star Wars? They're not like focused on the grunt soldiers going in on Republic Commando movie. Yeah, sure, front lines kind of thing. Rogue One was more uh, undercover, but that was kind of like that idea for sure. That's no, true. I'm sure we'll get keep getting new movies that explore different angles of things. If we're lucky. Hopefully more unique, different angles for sure. So then uh, we see what are the plans for the Death Star. Right. In um, the Geonosian War Room. Hoggle the Lesser. Hoggle the Lesser. <laughs> that's his name. <laughs> <laughs> so that is, that's kind of interesting to me because like, I didn't, I guess I don't know. I just thought of it now, but like. 
The separatists are leaving the Republic and they have plans to build a planet destroying space station. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why they they try to hide it. They're like, if they find out, to me, it just seemed like more of like the Emperor kind of move than the whole separatists. Maybe originally the laser fired love and happiness. Yeah. <laughs> what? We didn't know it would destroy planets. And they converted it into a planet destroying laser. Yeah. <laughs> well, we always got to laugh at Padme running in the sand. Oh, yeah. The infamous Padme running in the we, sand. We can't pass by this. Here she goes. <laughs> Very high, like, knee movements. It's hard to run in the sand. <laughs> what was anyone thinking? How was this okay? Just makes you wonder what the other shots looked like. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't like sand. I don't know. There's just these dumb things we always laugh at. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the the last duel with Count Dooku? Yeah. Again, you, you, you kind of see Anakin... You know, he's a little reckless, a little arrogant, right? Oh, very much so. He gets beat right away because he, he runs right I'll in. You know. <laughs> I don't love, like, I don't know. I feel like Obi-Wan gets beat a little too easily. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, is Dooku really this good? Yeah, he's got the Mashika mastery. Oh, that's true. It's a lightsaber style they've never seen. Like he's basically as good as Yoda almost. Yeah, I mean, he. that's why Yoda has to come in and deal with him at the like, end. Obi-Wan, they make it almost seem like... <laughs> He's just kind of work, you know. But then he killed Darth Maul in the other movie. <laughs> well, there's always a thing in movies of uh, a character's level of strength kind of varies depending on what they need it to be. <laughs> I look into it too much, probably. But like, you kind of kind of compare different people and be like, "Ooh, how good yeah. was this guy?" You know, it doesn't always match up. Whatever. And you get a nice uh, Yoda's theme music plays while he's moving that pillar. The uh, Yoda in a swamp theme. Uh, yeah, just. They always play that music when Yoda's doing something cool. Bum, 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 bum. Oh. It's worked into the It's in there. Well, it's really cool that like, they will work it in different ways, like different yeah. themes. Themes are always great. That's another thing I notice more each time I watch these. Ugh. Just the movie that had the hidden uh, dance number with Yoda and clones. Oh, was that this one or was that episode three? Was that an Easter egg in the on the DVD menu? Hidden one. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, good stuff, man. Gosh. Some of the animators just bored one day. <laughs> what was this on? It was on the DVD menu somewhere. If you, like, push push the arrow at the right time, it takes you to this other option. They would hide stuff in DVD menus. Oh, yeah. man. See, very early 2000s. He's got some moves. Yeah, he does. He picked up a few things in his long life yeah yoda used to throw down you can look up yoda dancing on youtube uh or you can pull out your old attack of the clones dvd and try to find it i think it's episode three based because they have phase two armor yeah so. phase two armor there you go great pretty awesome <laughs> so dooku escapes and goes to coruscant but he goes to the bad neighborhoods of coruscant <laughs> yeah yeah it's like he has an old abandoned uh warehouse somewhere as a secret lair yeah pretty much yeah um also there's a um, second in command chancellor guy the blue guy the blue guy i was looking to him up before yeah because uh he seems to be very much in the know oh, yeah. of um palpatine's plan i thought you were indicating like that he knows he's a sith lord and all that yeah maybe not that much but what did you find out looking it up so uh his name is maz ameda and um he continues in his role even after Palpatine reveals that he's a Sith Lord. And uh, 
he survives the rebel uprising. Oh, really? And continues in his role. What? <laughs> yeah, they were just like, all right, they kept him like under close uh, observation, but yeah. Maybe just he actually knew how things were running and they're just like, well, if like if we get rid of him, then somebody has to learn how all this bureaucratic stuff works and uh, I don't want to do that to you. <laughs> right. He made himself so I mean, I think uh, he's just a politician through and through. And, yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's pretty great. Does whatever he needs to do. Who's hmm. the real villain? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. That is really funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Anakin and Padme get married, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the ending, the end scene. And uh, the droids are witnesses. They signed the marriage certificate. And this random person who married them. Well, Anakin, Anakin, you know, he, he closed up all loose ends. It's <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be a big secret. But the the droids know. I mean, realistically, it's such a big galaxy. Like the people on Naboo, some people on Naboo, like her family, could know. You know, I don't know. They're pretty prominent figures. Like both of them, I feel like nobody should. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. She is a former queen of the planet. Or maybe everybody does know, and they <laughs> don't. Like, oh boy, they're both, uh, you know, off on some assignment. <laughs> wink, wink. All right, on assignment on Naboo again. We'll just play along. <laughs> And that is episode two, everybody. Episode two. Join us next time where we get to watch the Clone Wars cartoon show. But not not the one you're thinking of. Not the one Unless you're thinking, you're thinking of. Unless you're thinking of the 2D one, in which case. Then it is the one you're thinking of. <laughs> um, we'll probably do a podcast on each volume, I would guess. There's like, what, three volumes, I think? A couple of episodes, at least, on the 2D animated Clone Wars, because that came out on Cartoon Network before... Episode three. I get the feeling that it'll be really interesting to watch episode three after watching all of the clone series. Yeah, definitely. And like even this, um, the 2D one, that one directly ties into episode three, as I was saying last time. So it'll be interesting. To I don't see. know. I'll just have like a different ideas of the. Yeah. Characters. I think it definitely does. Gives you some perspective or, you know, different ideas on different characters. Definitely helps flush them out a little bit. Flush them out. <laughs> Flesh. <laughs> Flesh them out. <laughs> Flesh them all out. <laughs> um, so, uh, thanks for listening to our very long episodes. <laughs> These keep getting longer. <laughs> I mean, it'll be edited down a little bit, but... Um, we should just make, like, a commentary track for the movie. <laughs> I mean, we pretty much go through the entire movie anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, so I will bid our listeners adieu and join us again next time for the other Clone Wars show. See you later.